Well, hello, my girls, and welcome back to another episode of Talks with Tori. I am so thrilled to have this conversation with my girl, Tara. She is a woman of wisdom. Let me tell you, y'all, y'all will hear it in our conversation, but before we jump in to the conversation with Tara, I do just want to share with you a little something that God's been teaching me and showing me convicting me, challenging me with, etc. And that is that he's not just looking for obedience. Now, obedience is important and we say it all the time that we feel like one of God's love languages is obedience to him. But I feel like it's not just about mere obedience, it's also about our willingness and our attitude towards being obedient to him? Like, do we have the reverence for the Lord in the way that obedience to him is a joy, right? Like when we hear from him, when he's leading us into something, are we doing it begrudgingly or are we doing it with like this excitement and joy because we know that the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies is calling us to something. And if we truly believe that he is a good God with good things for us, then whatever he's calling us to is for our good and his glory. So we should do it with excitement, with reverence, with joy. Cause I feel like The Lord is looking to use people who are looking for him, for the people who are seeking after him, who are leaning in to his presence. And yeah, it was just an encouragement to me when I was thinking about obedience, because we say it all the time, like we need to be obedient to the Lord, but what's our attitude behind the obedience. I think about it as like when you're a little kid and your parents ask you to do something and you're like, okay, I'll do it. But you do it with bad attitude. Like it's not received the same, right? Versus your parents ask you to go do something and you're like, okay, like, yes, absolutely. Cause I respect and I love you. And so I pray that my heart is in alignment with God in the capacity that when I hear him calling me in a direction, that there is no hesitancy, but pure excitement and joy and honor that he is leading me and speaking to me and directing me in that direction. So anyways, I hope that that was encouraging to you and let's just hop on into the talk with Tara. Okay, Tara, my girl, I'm so excited to talk to you. I feel like I have a million questions because we've literally never met in person, but isn't it I know, it's so, sad. it's so funny how you feel like you know someone yeah yeah via online but I also think it's because you have such a similar heart behind like mm-hmm. everything you do in encouraging women under unto the Lord like in their marriages in their faith in motherhood etc and you do it with so much grace and I am over here like how do you do it all because your son is <laughs> is a little bit older than Micah. How yep. old is he now? He is almost 17 months, actually. Ugh. So, wait, basically a year and a half. Like, Ugh. I don't want to skip through time, Tori, but 
it's actually crazy that he's I don't know. I'm just kind of one of those people that it's like, okay, if he's 18 months and he's almost two, like I know he's not, yeah, but, but it feels like that so way. old. No. Cause Mike yeah. is eight months old and now he's crawling and pulling up on everything and like exploring and everything. And I'm like, you're practically Aww. a year old. Like you're practically yeah. a year old. My baby's a toddler. He's also a yes, big exactly. baby. And so he low key, like looks like he's one years old. What are his percentiles? I mean, okay. They're off like, the chart. Honestly, percentiles are not like everything, but I do think they're really interesting. <laughs> so granted, he's eight months old now. And so we haven't yeah. gotten the percentile since he was six months old. Okay. But mm-hmm. his height was off the chart. So it was like 99.9 or whatever. Dang. But then his weight at the time was like 80th percentile. Um, wow. Yeah, but I I hear now I'm not it's Google, right? Like how much can you trust Google? Right. <laughs> but it was like, okay, average one year old boy is like twenty one pounds or something like that. Well, Micah was twenty one pounds like two months ago. <laughs> so But what you have to remember too, I kind of thought that too, because Hunter was super chunky. Yeah. Um, but we have to remember is like once he starts pulling himself up and walking Tori, like they kind of stop gaining weight. Yeah, they thin Mm -hmm. out. So like then like so Hunter is 18 months and he's not like huge, like off the charts. He's always been like 60, 70, so like just a little bit above average. Yeah. Um, but he is, I think, almost 24 pounds. Um But like it's, he literally has not gained that consistently because right. he literally will not stop moving. Um, and so at first I'm like, he's not growing, but I'm like, no, he's just, he's just on the move all the time. Yeah. It was a huge transition for me for, from when like I could just set him down and he would play in his little toy basket and I could just watch him play while I'm like doing the dishes and stuff. Right. And now if I like set him down, he's like, I'm going to crawl straight to the fireplace or mm-hmm. the cement planter or like anything right. that is potentially harmful. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where they go. I'm like, you have 20 toys in front of you. <laughs> yeah. And instead you want to skip out on all of these things and go straight Literally. for all of the dangerous things. But, um, no, honestly, my question to you is, is how do you find the balance? Because you put out so much content and you just wrote a book and I will be honest, the thought of writing a book is literally (laughs) the most intimidating process to me that has like ever existed in mankind. Like if you ask me <laughs> to write an Instagram caption that's like three sentences long or record an hour long podcast and talk for, I would literally rather talk for an hour <laughs> than sit down and write. I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's so intimidating. So is, did you feel like as a writer, like that's just your gifting and it's natural to write or was that intimidating or was it just easy for you? You know, it's a great question because I have always loved writing, but writing a book is like a whole new ball game. Like there's so much, it's just so much bigger than an Instagram caption, like, right. Like you said, and it's just like so much bigger than just like throwing down like something in like a phone note. It's Mm -hmm. like 50 plus thousand words. And I've always loved writing. Like words have always come supernaturally to me. So in a way, like it was maybe easier than someone who doesn't have the proclivity or the desire to write. Yeah. I definitely Mm. had those moments though where, right. And that's okay. (laughs) Like, but I definitely do think that it's like not impossible. It's just like maybe requires like more discipline, you know, in that area. But I definitely had my moments of like, 
writer's block and it was really difficult. I think for me more so I have to reel myself back in because Mm -hmm. I'm a big talker. I love words in general. And so when I was writing my first book, um, it was like, oh, I have a word limit. And like, it was kind of hard to keep it in the limit. Hold on. Your (laughs) word limit is like 50,000 words. And that concerns me. Okay, here's the thing. I just, I just, it just like pours out. And I feel like my struggle was like being succinct about it. Okay. okay. Like, like really, like it, narrowing, narrowing yes. it down. So that's just, that's a, a chat. That's a chat thing where he that's will not, write yeah, like and it. he will like go all out. And then I will be the one that will like take all of his words and yes. can, like condense them and like make it a little. You're the editor. You're the I'm editor a little bit of the more marriage. Of, a little bit more of the editor. I wouldn't say I'm like yeah. the grammar queen or anything like that. But um, yeah, I don't know what it is. But you know something I've noticed in my life? <laughs> Every time I feel like I'm terrible at something, it's exactly what God wants to use. <laughs> you know? Mm, yeah. I thought, I I mean, not only did I think, I was told, so I did pageants, like, my whole life, mm-hmm. right? But then when you move into, like, the teen pageants and, like, the Miss America pageant, et cetera, there's way more speaking involved. And I right. was so, like, talent-based. And literally, mm. it was spoken over me for so long, like, oh, yeah, you're strong in the talent side, but not in the speaking mm. side. And so I took that on as wow. I'm a terrible speaker And then I would get so much anxiety around the interview process, Mm. on on stage question, any, anything to do with public speaking. I was like, no, 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 I'm bad at that. So I don't want to do it. And then the anxiousness would in turn actually make me worse at it because I was not confident in it. And I feel like the enemy does that in my life and I'm sure other people's lives as well. And it's like the one thing that God's wanting to use is the very thing that the enemy is like attacking you in. And now it's right. like most of our life is just talking, you know, it's yeah. like literally Look a microphone, that. YouTube podcast. And it's like, yep, that's literally what the enemy used. And so who knows, you know, maybe right. I'll write in the future. I, I, it's probably one of those instances where it's like the power of life and death is in your tongue. And I, I need the conviction to stop saying I'm a terrible writer. Mm. Um, but it's almost like those little things that you take on as like part of your identity. Um, I don't know if you've done this, right. but I even did it with Chad in terms of like uh, relationship, right? I always say, well, you're the dreamer and I'm the realist. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But then when he pushes me to dream, I'm such a dreamer. But I, it's like I take that on as part of who I am when God never spoke that over me. And right. I don't know, right. like with you, has there been anything that you kind of took on as a lie or a part of your identity that the, the Lord has been like, no, no, like that's that's exactly what I want to use in your life. Yeah, that's honestly, I've been thinking about this a lot because I've always had a lie and I don't think I realized, Tori, that it was a lie until just recently where I just didn't realize that I was believing that I was like too much. 
like that I was just too much for people. Like whether that was like in how much I talked or Mm. how much I gave, or I've always felt like I was a giver and it's been truthfully really hard in my life to feel that's not reciprocated. And so I always felt like I was too much in that area. And Mm. honestly, as I've looked at it now, I'm like, obviously there are moments that I need to have self-control and reel it back. But like, it's a strength to give so much. Absolutely. it's real and it's tiring sometimes, but like I yeah. realized it's totally a strength to be able to give so much and to use the gifts that I have. And also just knowing, like you said this, Tori, like you feel like you're not a good writer, but I also like want to call that higher and be like, well, you're probably comparing yourself to people that are like incredibly poetic or yeah. have been an author or writer mm-hmm. forever. And I felt that way too, like stepping into the space feeling like, well, I'm not as good as they are, yep. but just knowing that like as cheesy as it sounds, like you have something to offer that literally no one else does. Um, yeah. Sometimes we don't know how to pinpoint it quite yet, but like yeah. once we start stepping into that calling, like God makes it clear the different strengths and gifts like we bring to the table and so I started to like take that on as my strength you know (laughs) yeah how long did it take you to write the book like what was that process like oh it's such a like a fun process honestly like I could talk about it forever um it was from the moment so I signed an agent which like if anyone is listening and they have a dream to traditionally publish a book like yeah hire an agent because I had zero clue what I was doing I still feel like I have zero clue what I'm doing um but writing an agent or signing an agent was incredible because they just help you navigate the process so from the moment I signed the agent to the time that my book came out it was almost two years wow um I mean I feel like that's kind of normal though like I feel like anyone who writes a book I feel like it's like a year, two years, five years, right? you know, right? No. Yeah. It's a lot of of words. (laughs) It's a lot of words. And it's not even just the words. Like it's like probably a good couple months if you want to spend time on it, like writing your proposal. So like Mm -hmm. writing your pitch and you want that to be super strong. And then it goes to like an off, like the offer period, deciding between your offers. And then you give, you're given six months usually with a publisher to write your books. And then there's six months. That's a half a year. And then they edit it for a couple months and you do your marketing. And then it's a year from the time it's turned in your first draft until it comes out. So like, wow. if, you know, if you can't wait that long, like it's a long process. Uh, yeah. so it te- definitely took like the majority was writing, but then it was like marketing behind the scenes and yeah. like doing all the stuff. Like when, just when you think wow. you're done writing words, like you're not, you have so many more words to get. <laughs> <laughs> you're so not. So how did you yeah. do that as a new mom? Because if your baby's 18 months old, then mm-hmm. did you start like right when he was born? Yeah. Great question. We've got to do all the math here. So yeah, I'm like literally doing it in my head because I'm like, how did you do this? So I signed my publishing contract with my publisher when I was, okay, July, August, September, like three or four months pregnant. And then I turned my manuscript in six days before I pushed Hunter out of my body. I am sitting here so impressed because- Oh gosh. The, the, those last couple of days of pregnancy, I was like a beached whale. Like, Same. Same. I see though. some like girls, they're like, yeah, I just, my water broke while I was working out at the gym. I was like, you were at the gym? I'm like, <laughs> my booty has not seen the gym in way too long. But okay. So yeah, six, it was insane. Six days before yeah. you turned in the Which, manuscript. Granted, like I had it pretty much done like maybe like three or four weeks before, but I, so I was just kind of like sitting on it and like yeah. seeing if it needed tweaks. But my goal was to turn it in before I had Hunter because I knew or I was told by people that like 
you're going to have no head on you when yeah. you have your baby. Like it's going to yes. be gone. You're mm-hmm. not going to be sleepy. You're going to be figuring out breastfeeding, like just like yeah. all this stuff. It's a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot. So <laughs> I turned it in uh, six days before he was born and then I had a few months off. So my editor could like, like, you know, play with it and yeah. fix it. And, and then I think when Hunter was like three or four months old, I got back to it and just like did edits and stuff. Right. Um, but then the book came out a year later on his first birthday. Oh, um, that's so cute. Which was the sweetest thing ever. So it was cute. such a fun week, Tori. It was like his birthday, car theme, all boy. And then the weekend we had the book party and it was just Pink, so fun. Yeah. Yes. And then it was so different. Um, but yeah, so that was a really fun week. But now I'm like, okay, for my next projects, like he's out in the world like he was in my belly when I was writing right. so I'm like now it's gonna be a whole different ball game and it has been like motherhood has changed so yeah. much but in the best ways you know no I mean it is I actually said this the other day because I don't know how your like journey into motherhood was like in the very very beginning yeah. but I kind of explained it as beautifully brutal because I think mm-hmm. I had some unrealistic expectations Number one, very silly decision, did not take a maternity leave. So like, oh, was recording podcasts like the day after I had my, stop. Are you serious? Dead serious. (laughs) Like he was literally, this was before our podcast was on YouTube and I'm like mid breastfeeding so delirious hair up sweaty like milk everywhere just like devoting ourselves to the lord daily here on mornings with the masters um i'm like lord sustain me please because i have no words right now you know but um yeah so yes and then he also he was it was just a little bit harder right like i heard and i think the reason we didn't take as much time off is because so many people were like, well, they just sleep all the time. And Micah didn't. I was like, and he's just, like, why did you tell me this? I don't know who told me that babies <laughs> sleep all the time, but I'm like, my kid did oh not sleep all the time. Um, and so now eight months, almost nine months later, I feel like we're in a much better routine in terms of like, yeah. Oh, okay. He takes two naps a day. And so I can record a podcast when he goes down to nap. And we're very blessed that we have Chad's mom that lives Mm. here in town. And so she comes over and like helps when we need to do certain work stuff. Um, but yeah, how have you found that balance? I'm genuinely curious because I'm like still trying to figure it out because I think sometimes it's really hard to go from like hat to hat to hat and be like Mm -hmm. mid one project and then baby needs me and then husband's asking a question and then like dishes aren't done and I'm like wait how can I be fully present here and then still giving and then still also getting filled so that I can pour out when you're like in so many different places Mm -hmm. at the same time Yeah, you know, I am almost like 17, 18 months out and I'm still trying to figure this out. Like, I feel like it's a daily like reminding myself mm-hmm. of what's important because at the beginning I did take a couple of months off, but like you really don't in smart. a lot of ways, right? I mean, you, you d- I did take time off, but like you're still super involved and like yeah. I was really worried about like, uh, this is really honest, but like I was worried about like the relevance going down and like, were you worried about dropping? Like, yeah. Engagement. Like it. Yeah. Like it's okay. real. It, it's so it's real so with what real. we do. And 
it's so real and also i was thinking like oh my book's coming out soon so like i still need to be mm-hmm. relevant so people will get my book like yes that's so raw and honest but i just like i felt that pressure but what i've learned at least after six months when hunter like and we started to get our groove like six months was when i finally felt like wow like we're doing the thing Same. like we're good and like i am not so uptight anymore and like um but i just learned that like i have priorities in my life and that my husband or my family, like my husband and my son are the most important things to me. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean that everything else is not important, but they right. come first. And so what yeah. does that look like for me? Cause I don't want to be like, you know, wifing and mothering with something just nagging me and feeling like that's more important. And so yeah. for me, like I had to really like, like see how I could like, like section my time out where like yeah. I could give time to this, to these conversations, which are so important, but also not take away from my son. So right. again, I'm super blessed to have my mom too and my mother-in-law and they will watch Hunter for a few hours so I can do this. Yeah. But then that way when he's back, I can be fully, fully present. There. Yeah. And I also like, I needed to be reminded of this. My husband is so good at this and I feel like Chad is this way too. Yeah. But like I, he was like, I, I mean, I would be at like, 10 30 11 at night and I'm not like a, a night person at all Tori like I usually if I can go like, to bed at like nine I am a very happy yes. I was actually very upset yeah. with myself last night that I stayed up till 10 I like saw oh, the 10. clock at yeah. 10 and I was like why am I awake like, like oh, go to bed why did I <laughs> why did I do this to myself yeah yeah so I'm usually that person but after having Hunter mm-hmm. I would just like I mean you know, like the house is a mess. Like you feel like you yeah. didn't get much done in yeah. a day, even though you got the most important work done. But I would yeah. just be there like angrily scrubbing our pots and pans at like yeah. 11. And my husband's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I need to get this done. He's like, yeah. do you? I'm right. like, he's like, what would happen if, if you, you didn't? didn't. Yeah. He's like, what would happen if you just like went to bed and like did it tomorrow? I'm like, mm. Probably <laughs> I'm like, do it mentally, I thought the world was going to end, right? Yeah. Like I thought that like, I had to achieve this to deserve rest or like everything would fall apart tomorrow if I didn't. And so I've had to really pull back on what the laundry situation looks like, what the dishes situation looks like and knowing that like I can still be very present as a mom and be a good mom and be a good wife that cares for her family and also does ministry. Even if my sink is piled high with dishes, like does that matter enough in the grand scheme of today? Um, And so like that's kind of, I love that Where you're I've saying been trying this to because land. my dishes are literally overflowing right now and I keep Same. seeing it, but our kitchen is right next to his nursery and I always get really nervous to do the dishes when he's sleeping because I'm right, like, right. I do not want to wake him up right now with these dishes. Yeah. And so then I'll Same, just actually. look at it. Yeah. yeah I'll just look yeah. at them and be like, yeah, I should definitely should definitely do those. But if I do them and I wake him up, I'm going to be way more upset that I woke him up exactly. than the fact that exactly. they're not done. Yeah. But then also like with social media being such a big aspect of your job, I know for me, yeah. like I I hate to admit it, just like you were saying, but it gets so hard sometimes, especially mm-hmm. And I feel like you're a very similar personality type where it's like, okay, I'm an achiever. Like, and my whole life was based, I was a dancer. I was in pageants. So like performance was what I was literally graded on. Right. It's like, that's how I know how I'm doing. And then Mm -hmm. we live in this social media world where not only is everything that you put out kind of low key based on performance, 
But yeah. also with what we do, it's directly correlated to like our livelihood, right? And mm-hmm. so it's like, man, I have to be so connected to the Lord to not allow that to deter me because there's been times where like performance or engagement is down and it will just mute me. Right. Like, yeah, I don't want to talk. I don't want to post because I don't want to see the smaller numbers. And Mm, wow. Yeah. And that's literally the enemy winning. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. like if the Lord has placed a message on my heart for a couple of people, Right. Like I think it's so easy in the social media world to see numbers and not people. Right. But like Chad and I will often get pictures because Mm. when we first started YouTube back in like 2019, I remember I was so jazzed, so jazzed, my girl, 400 subscribers. Right. And I had come from a smaller church that was like 300 people on Easter, like 300 max capacity. Right. And I was like, I cannot believe 400 people would want to hear what I have to say every week. And I literally was like, this is like my little girl church. You know, I'm like, I'm going to show up like and I'm going to serve these 400 like it's 4000. And then it hit 4,000. I remember that day. Mm. I was like, oh my goodness, Lord, you turned the 400 into 4,000. Like, thank you. Let me serve them well. And then it Mm. hits 40,000 and then 140. And and it's crazy how easy you lose perspective of the Mm -hmm. importance of the 400, you know? And like God consistently brings me back to that number. 400 you do it for the the 400 you show up for the 400 and it's not about the numbers it's about the impact right it's not about it's it's that whole idea of like do you want it spread thin and far or do you Mm. want it more narrow and deep and it's like if I have to choose I would way rather impact a few deeply then the masses only a little bit where there's not actual life change happening. Yeah. And I feel like you could speak into this because your entire book is about people surrendering their story to the Lord. And Mm -hmm. first and foremost, like where did you get the inspiration for that? And like, if you had to, which sorry to put you on the spot, but like kind of summarize a little bit of that for them to like, fully understand that concept for themselves. Yeah. Surrender is huge. And I don't want anyone to be afraid of it. Like if we're going to this conversation and surrender feels like submission, ooh, like, yeah. like, a, ooh, like I'm not going to talk about this because yeah. like, it's not popular. Like it's literally so good. And I, that's the whole par- like Point, part of the yeah. book is just to show that it's so freeing. Um, I did want to say Tori, before I like share on surrender that like, yes. it's so cheesy, but like Jesus had 12 followers yep. and the way he spoke to his 12 disciples did not change the way he spoke to 5,000. Like right. he was consistent. Yeah. And like, I love that about him that he was like, yeah, I have an audience of 12 that I faithfully yeah. pour into every single day. They're just as important as the, you know, the sermon on the Mount or feeding yeah. the 5,000, which was more than 5,000 because they yeah. weren't counting the women, the women and children. And children yeah. 
Right. And so I'm like, I just find a lot of encouragement in that. Like that Jesus, I know he's like this huge standard, but yeah. like, I'm just like, okay. Like that was just a thought on that, but no, but it's true. It's like, surrender. What, what are we aspiring to? Right. Like genuinely. Right. Are well, we... and like the thing about it is that like God doesn't need our social media followers. No, we're okay. not going to get I'm, to heaven and him be like, oh, good <laughs> job. Right? right? Like, I'm not saying that God doesn't, I'm not like saying that God doesn't need the people that are, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like God like does not need our social media accounts right. to further his kingdom, but like yeah. he will use it. He will it use it. Willing. He doesn't need it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, ooh, it's like a humbling reality. But sure. yeah, surrender your story. If you're watching on YouTube, y'all, she's a beauty. She is right a beauty. Yeah. And she, you know, she's well, always I'll link it below as well. Up. Yes. <laughs> anyway, surrender your story. Um, it came from a place of my life that like I didn't realize until I was like probably maybe like 18 or 19 that this was a theme that God had been weaving through my story since I was like literally born. Like wow. I didn't realize I was such a control freak until uh-huh. some major events in my life happened. And I first want to say, if you're like not a control freak, like this is still for you mm-hmm. because we all have dreams and desires and plans that just have not gone our way. Mm-hmm. And we all have dreams and desires and plans that we want to see happen in our lives, but we're afraid to trust God with them because he's either going to be too slow in our minds or it's not going to happen the way we thought. So this is a message that's like a tale as old as time. Like it's something that Adam and Eve struggled with. Like that's the one of the main reasons why they chose to eat from the tree mm-hmm. because they're like, well, like I want to have the power. Like I want right. to be in control. I want to be like God. Right. Yeah. And so this is a human condition. And first of all, surrender is exactly what Jesus wanted and called his disciples to hire. And he calls us to as well. Like when he literally says in Luke nine, when he's talking to them, he's saying, you know, if you want to come after me, if you want to like be a part of my company, you need to do three things. But one of those three things is to die to yourself. Yeah. Stick with me. Die to yourself. Doesn't mean, you know, like we're not taking it literally. We're, we're talking about the idea of literally just dying to like selfish desires. Yeah. Right. So instead of like living with your hands closed Mm -hmm. fist, it's living with them open. It's not meaning like sitting on your hands and like not living, not being obedient, like just waiting for God to do stuff and you being lazy. It's super active faith, but it is like, okay, God, I'm going to live my life. But like, Mm -hmm. if you have a different plan, if you are clearly rerouting me, if something's not happening, like I am going to yield to what you have um, and trust you. And so surrender your story is just all about what it looks like to be set free mm-hmm. because truthfully the culture that we live in is peddling this like really big lie that says like you can girl boss your way to whatever you yeah. want. You don't have to wait, like yeah. have it now, like, um, live your honestly, truth. manifestation. Right. Yeah. And like manifestation, whether we want to admit it or not, like I think it's kind of all seeped into our thinking and thinking yeah. like, Oh, well I'm really gifted, yeah. which you are, but like, I'm really gifted. So that means that anything I want is going to happen. But then what happens when our lives fall apart and we're left with no hope. Yeah. And so surrender is really the most freeing thing you can do by exchanging what you want for what God wants for you. And also just knowing, like, I've seen this in my life, Tori, and I'm sure you have too. Like when you surrender your desires, like God usually meets them like yeah. in a really cool way where like, it's always, better. you may have a desire. Yeah. And you may have a desire that like, you may have a desire that like has been hidden or dormant or you mm. didn't even know re- you had, yeah. but then like God brings it about, you know? Yes. Okay. So, and I think that that's the lie that our culture does not 
understand is that when we're surrendering to God's will, they think that like his will is not better than ours. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things where it's every time that I've surrendered to God's way instead of my own, it's me trading a lesser thing for a better thing. And so I'm like, wait, why do I ever struggle with this? Like, and I think it comes down to like our view of God, right? Like, yeah. How do we actually view God? Do we view him as a good father who has good gifts for us? Or do we view him as this like controlling, angry God in the sky who just wants to withhold from us when the Bible says he withholds no good thing Mm. from us? And so, yeah, it's that beautiful thought of number one, why do we do this in, in general? Um, and it is, it's just like our sin nature and it's the little lies from the enemy that like sink in and I think it also comes down to like recognizing the lie when it enters the chat room to be like, right. Oh, that is (laughs) not from God. And if I can surrender. Right. And I also think that that's such a beautiful picture to just like Mm. sit with where it's like, okay, I'm gripping onto Mm -hmm. something, my dreams, my wants, my desires, like, come on, God, give them to me. (laughs) But it's like, he can't place anything in our lives. Exactly. If our hands are full. Right. So it's like, as we surrender it, it doesn't even mean that he's going to take it away necessarily. Like, right. I think that's a beautiful part of it too. Sometimes we think if we let go at all, that he's just going to rip it out of our hands. And it's like, no, we're just allowing him to do what he needs to do, whether that is take it away or put something else there, but we're making space for him to move. And we're actually saying like, oh no, God, like I, I trust you. Like, I trust that as I do this, you will do something better because, man, I've just learned this the hard way in so many Mm -hmm. seasons of my life. Um, I've shared this story multiple times, but like I got fired from my first big girl job and it was devastating because it felt more like a a character attack, even though it was just Mm -hmm. a misunderstanding, but I mean, it was, it was laziness on my part. Should have got fired, but I was holding on to the like security of it and the monetary value of it, knowing Mm. that the Lord wanted me to surrender it because it was not where he had me. Cause number one, I did not follow his peace. I made a decision out of desperation because Mm. I feel like when you're in college, there's just so much pressure, right. To be like, right. I need the, I need the job. I need this. I need mm-hmm. that. Like, if not, like what was all of this for? And are people going to judge right. me and like everything else? And so I just like made a rash decision. Right. And it like led to a bad place. It led to depression. Like I didn't recognize the depression cause I'm pretty smiley person. I can like mask it, but looking mm-hmm. back, it's like, man, it was cause I was holding on so tight and he literally had to like rip it out of my hand. He's like, my girl, yeah. what are you doing? And literally <laughs> less than 24 hours later, I had a position in women's ministry mm. and it was a fourth of the pay. Let me just tell you, I had to work like four, four. jobs <laughs> to make yeah. ends meet. Um, and I went from security 
to really having to lean into God's sovereignty and his provision in my life. Yeah. Um, and I remember those days where it was like, I got paid extra on a babysitting job and it was like Mm. the exact amount I needed to like pay my rent that month, you know? And it's like, when you get to that level and you see God's providence and provision on like such a small level, even though it's such a big level to you, like, yeah, yeah, it makes the trust easier because you, you really yeah. understand his faithfulness. You're like, oh, right. Oh, yeah. God. Right. <laughs> You're yeah, so and, faithful. Yeah. And can I just say, too, like you touched on this story and I love that you said that just like the peace and making that decision. I have a chapter in the book about God's will and how to make decisions. Because mm. if we're talking like yeah. you need to surrender your will to God's or you know, like exchange your will for God's and you're yeah. like, well, okay, what's God's will? And then right. how do I make decisions and not have that decision paralysis right. where I'm not taking back control, where I'm making decisions out of surrender. And yeah. like, I think one of the popular misconceptions is that when I make a decision in God's will, that I am just going to feel like Zen. Yeah. Like nothing is going to feel hard about this. Like God is just going to make me like totally at ease. But like the peace you're talking about, Tori, I know it's the peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. And then that peace, when you make a decision in faith that does not feel um, easy. Yeah. It's going to like, there's going to be some tension. Um, There's going to be a struggle, but like, I don't, I want to encourage you if you're in the middle of a decision or if you're in the middle of trying to let something go and let God have it. Like if you're feeling that tension, if you're feeling the struggle, like don't walk away from it just because it's hard Yeah. because the peace of God is not total ease. It's Mm -hmm. having God throughout it and knowing that God will call us to hard things, but knowing the promise on the other side of it. Like I've come up to so many of those things and feel like, Oh, well, hard so I'm not gonna do it yeah but understanding that has like really changed the game for me when I want to make those surrendered decisions you know and like really like Jesus said not my will but yours be done Mm -hmm. um so that was really good no I mean it's that whole idea of like hard does not equal bad right like it's most of the things in life that are really worth going after they take sacrifice and it's hard. Like I would not say that motherhood is easy, right? Like it Mm -hmm. takes sacrifice, but it is beautiful. And like the more I sacrifice for my child, the more I love him. Right. And so it's Mm. like becoming a mother really gave me new eyes for the way that God loves me because Micah doesn't have to do anything for me to love him, right? Like he literally, like he can smile and coo and laugh and it's so sweet and I love it. But even when he cries and he's not being on his best behavior, it literally does not change my love for him. I just sacrifice more and more for him. And then I think about God who paid the ultimate sacrifice for me. Mm. And it shows me the vastness of his love for me that I'll never fully understand. Yeah. And it leaves me more in awe of him because I'm like, wow, God, you don't call me to live an easy life. Like when I look at scripture and it's like, if you want to follow me, leave all of these things behind die to yourself pick up your cross and follow me and if you think about that like pick up your cross right like count the cost be willing be willing 
to suffer. Like, I mean, I feel like it doesn't feel as real to us now, like in the culture we live in. But like when he was telling his disciples, disciples that like Peter literally died upside down, hung on a cross. Like that was such a disgraceful way to die. Such an agonizing way to die. So like maybe for the disciples, it felt more real to be like, Jesus was like, you need to be prepared, whatever it costs. Um, and this might be going on a segue Tori, but like, I was just thinking like, if someone is like listening to this and I'm speaking to myself here too, and you're thinking like, this is too hard. I want to first tell you that like you were created for hard things. Like as cheesy as that sounds, like I just think sometimes we need to have more grit. Like we need to know that like we can't do it on our own, but like in Christ, you have the spirit who is the ultimate power. And so you literally don't have to do anything on your own. And that's why Paul says that he was, he learned to find that contentment in the struggle and that he could do all things. The reason why he could was because he had learned to be content in his circumstances and he had learned to depend on God. And so like, I just, I just was telling Michael, even just my husband recently that like, I want to build more resilience as a person. Like I have always been pretty tough. Like grew up like I don't know if you know this Tori like I grew up dancing my whole life too and so like I, I always do felt think like, I know that because when I yeah, mentioned I it earlier I was like I <laughs> think that she knows what I'm talking about here I'm pretty sure we were yes. both dancers yeah so anyway I feel like with that and like I grew up working on like my family's farm it's so, like I always felt like it was pretty tough but like motherhood and some things in my life like I feel like I cave easier than I used to mm. and so I've been praying and asking God for like resilience and grit to know that like that. this is really hard for me but like when I disparage myself in that mindset, it's because I'm forgetting that I have a holy power source right. that like Jesus is the one who gets mm-hmm. me through yeah. nothing that I can do. Um, and so maybe that was a word for someone because like you can, yes. you can do it. Just don't yeah. do it apart from God. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's so true because I feel like we don't meditate on that fact enough that like when the, the scriptures say like the spirit of God right? Like literally his spirit Mm. lives inside of us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Dang. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so God's spirit (laughs) created the universe, raised Jesus from the dead, lives inside of us, active and alive in power and in might. And do we actually invite him to be active in our life or do we just right like say like oh yeah holy spirit you know but like do we have a reverence for the mm. spirit that lives inside of us and do we steward right. that well you know like mm-hmm. i i i don't all the time right like genuinely Same. it's yeah. like man yeah i don't meditate on that enough that like literally i have this source of god's power and insight and wisdom living Mm. in my body that I can call on at any moment of the day. I was rocking Micah at two Mm. something this morning, right? He woke up at two, didn't go back to bed till like three 30. He's in this like eight month sleep regression. That is, um, nasty, really fun. Um, (laughs) he really only wakes up like once a night, but when he wakes up, he like doesn't go back down easy. So I know like when he Mm. wakes up, I'm like in for a a little treat yep. for a while. And, um, <laughs> and so anyways, I was rocking him and just like the thought of God, you knew this little boy before I ever did. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and like I yeah. love him to the depths of my soul. Like I can't imagine mm-hmm. loving him any more than I love him, even in this moment when I'm so tired and I just want to go back to sleep and I like want him to go back to sleep. But like yeah. that beckoning of the Holy Spirit saying, lean into me right now. Like yeah. right now, you have nothing else to do but love on your little baby boy and pray mm-hmm. for him and pray for mm-hmm. anyone who comes to your mind right now. And it's like that That's shift good. of perspective to be like yeah. in those hard moments. Cause it's not easy to try to get a little baby back down when they're ready to party at 3am. <laughs> but <laughs> like the fact that I can press into the Holy spirit and say, Lord, you're producing something in me right now. Yeah. You're producing perseverance. You are producing patience. You are producing a prayer warrior. I am Mm. leaning into your spirit right now. How do you want me to navigate this? Like you love my child more than I love my child, which Mm. is a mighty love, you know? And so how can I be in this moment better, right? Like how can I be present in this moment in a, mm. in a wake to your spirit, right? Not like just, cause I feel like sometimes it's like, just get me through this, just get me through this. And right, it's like, right. Well, yes. Like we go through things, but like sometimes God like wants us to be alive and active, like in the moment too. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's literally just me processing my 2 a.m. thoughts with you. No. Um, and honestly, I was just thinking about the idea of like rest. And mm-hmm. for moms, it's super real, but we're all really tired. Honestly, think about something like oh, yeah. work, school, relationships, motherhood. Like we're all yeah. really tired. And I think that another misconception about surrender is that like when we control that, that's when we find rest. That's when we find purpose. But like, yeah. When we try to control our lives and we're holding on to everything and not letting God have it, mm-hmm. it's literally running us down. Yeah. It's exhausting us physically because you're trying to juggle everything. You're trying to be it all, do it yeah. all. Um, but then also like spiritually, mm-hmm. you're not finding the rest that Jesus said he came to bring. Like he right. came to lift our burdens. He didn't come to eradicate them because yes. then where would the need for him be? Yes. Right. That's why he said, you know, take my yoke upon me. I don't make them non-existent, but I make them easier and right. lighter. Um, and so surrender um, n- or not surrendering and trying to control everything is keeping us in bondage. Right. And it's just all like this upside down kingdom yes. world, right, Tori, where it's like, this is not going to make sense to the world. Right. And people may think you're crazy about not trying to manifest or girl boss 24 seven, but yeah. like, this is what you were literally hardwired yeah. for in your DNA to do. And when we go with that yeah. God given design, instead of go away from it, that's when we thrive. But we're constantly trying to push back when what we're looking for is like, like flowing with his will you know yeah no that's so good I feel like we could talk about this forever but I feel like we'll just need to have you back on the podcast at some point like I feel like you're just gonna need to be a little a little regular you know I love it and (laughs) we'd have Tori back on the podcast because she's been on my show and it was so fun yes we're just talks you know, Tori, Tara, the talks, talks, fam. The talks fam. We love to chat. Um, but yeah. I love you. It was an honor to have you on. I'm so excited for everything God is doing in and through mm-hmm. you in women's lives. I think that, yeah, there's just a powerful move and like the anointing is so mm-hmm. evident on your life. And so I just want to 
honor you and thank you um, for that. Mm. And also everyone who's listening, I just want to reiterate that we'll have all of her information down below. Um, but if you want to say any last words or where they can find you, et cetera, I want to give you the floor. Oh, you're the best, Tori. I'm so honored. You, I have loved following you and it's kind of surreal that we get to be friends. So thank Aww. you so much Very for having sweet. me on today. I love your community too. We're all like kindred spirits, but yes. yeah. Um, you can connect with me on Instagram at Miss Tara Sun. You can get my book, Surrender Your Story. Um, and then also listen to Truth Talks with Tara. So we're yes. all in like the talks fam on the podcast. I love um, it. And you can go find my episode with Tori. So Yay. Okay. Well, I love you and we will chat again soon. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Talks with Tori. I had so much fun listening to everything that Tara had to say. Y'all don't forget to check out all of the links below. If you want to find her book, her podcast, all the things she's doing on social media, she truly is such a woman of wisdom. And I love her. And so anyways, I also want to remind you guys that there is a link below to sign up for some very special emails that will give you some little insider knowledge on some things that are happening behind the scenes. And I'm just saying you're going to want to be on that email list come December because we have something in the works that is very exciting. Um, and so I'm going to leave that below. That's all I'm going to say. And as always, if this episode encouraged you, make sure to share it with a friend, give it a like, give it a subscribe. Or if you're listening over on podcasts versus watching on YouTube, um, if you have a chance, leave a review. It would mean so much to me. But as always, we will see you next Tuesday at two o'clock for another Talk with Tori. <laughs>